study of the deep Torah of Purim, there's a very, very core concept, which the first time you hear it is absolutely shocking and mind-blowing. And I'd like to start developing that idea today, no doubt. As we get ready for Purim, this is a concept that will come back often. Yom Kippur and Purim seemingly are two opposites. Yom Kippur is a day of fasting, a day of not engaging in worldly pleasures. Purim is a day of celebration, physical celebration. The Arizal, the great Kabbalist, points out that the word used in the Torah for Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. Kippurim is from the word, the root of the word Kippurim is Kapara, which means atonement, the day of atonement. The Arizal says you have to read the word on a deeper level. Ki, the chaf, the ki sound at the beginning of the word, is a prefix meaning like. A is like B. Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is a day like Purim. Now, first of all, what in the world does it mean that, that Yom Kippur is a day like Purim? And question number two is, when you say A is like B, what you mean is that A is not quite B, but it's similar to B, but it's not as great as B. So when we say Yom Kippur is like Purim, we're saying that Yom Kippur is not as great as Purim. There's a dynamic to Purim that's unique, that's greater than Yom Kippur. How in the world is Purim greater than Yom Kippur? It seems so counterintuitive. Explains the Gona Vilna, explains the Gra, the great Kabbalist, that every Yomtif, which again is a holiday, but for now on, for those who are less familiar, keep in mind the word Yomtif is, denotes what's unique about these days. Every Yomtif has a unique quality to it that we refer to as Chatzil Lashem and Chatzil Lachem. Part of the Yomtif is Lashem, is for God. In other words, Typically, a yomtif has what's called an isra malacha, a prohibition of work. You're not allowed to work, just like on Shabbos, you're not allowed to do, there are limitations of what physical physical engagement we can have in this world. So to on yomtif also, there's a prohibition of doing work. Uh, there's also, there's tefillos, there's prayers that we have to say. And uh, there's an aspect of the mitzvah of the day. There are, each yomtif has unique mitzvahs that we have to do. Whereas, there's also a chati lachem that's part for us. In other words, you have to you have to be festive. You have to have a sudas mitzvah. You have to have you have to have meals on yomtiv. You have to have physical pleasure, engage in this world. So every yomtiv has both dynamics. The two exceptions are first of all yom kippur. Yom kippur we don't eat, we don't drink, we don't engage in the physical pleasures of this world. So it's it's kula lachem. It's completely for Hashem. It's just a day of davening, of prayer, of atonement of tshuva, whereas Purim seemingly is kula lachem. It's completely for us. There's no prohibition of work. There is an obligation to have a festive meal. There's even a mitzvah to become inebriated that hopefully we'll have the opportunity in coming days to discuss and to explain. It's completely for us. So how does this work? Says the Gra that Yom Kippur and Purim are two sides of one coin. Yom Kippur is the, is the part that's for Hashem and Purim is the part that's lachem that's for us. And together we have an entirety of a holiday. That's what he says. So Rav Hutner and Pachet Yitzchak explains, he says, there's, uh, there's dynamics that are unique to each of these days. On Yom Kippur, the, the theme of the day is tshuva. Tshuva is to return to Hashem. And the way we return to Hashem, 
Maimonides, Rambam explains there are four steps to tshuva. There's harata, there's a deep sense of regret and remorse. There's vidui, there's confession. There's aziva sachet, there's leaving the sin. And then there's kabbalah al-asad, there's, there's a plan for the future. But the, the heart, the heart of tshuva is, at the core of tshuva is a regret. There's a regret of what I've done, a remorse for what I've done. I wish I could have done things differently. I plan on doing things differently. Whereas Purim has the exact opposite dynamic. The dynamic of Purim is, is kimu v'kiblu. Is that as the, it says later on in the Megillah, towards the end of the Megillah, the Jews accepted upon themselves. They accepted. Now, this is something also worthy of a whole separate discussion, is what did the Jews accept? So when you read the Megillah, it seems they accepted to the, the Yom Tov of Purim. They accepted that there should be a celebration of Purim. But the Gemara says it's something much deeper going on. Much deeper. What, what went on on Purim is that when you go back to the holiday of Shavuos, to when we received the Torah at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai, the Pusik says the Jews sat underneath the mountain. They stood, not sat, they stood underneath the mountain. They stood under the mountain. What does it mean they stood under the mountain? The Gemara tells us something shocking. The Gemara says, what this teaches us is Hashem uprooted the mountain of Har Sinai from the ground and put it over their heads and said, if you accept the Torah, that's, that's great, that's fine. If not, if not, that's the end of you. It's all over. The proverbial offer you can't refuse. And of course, the Jews said, we accept. But there's a problem. The problem is, did they really accept? Now, it's a whole separate discussion. Does it mean literally the mountain was placed over their head? It's a separate, important discussion, what the significance of that is. But the Jews always have an out. They say, when, when Hashem says, why aren't you fulfilling the Torah, which we find in the Navi and the prophets constantly were, were admonished for that, the answer is, we accept it under arrest. We never really meant to accept it. Signing a contract to sell something, to buy something with a gun to your head, you don't mean that. That's not real. So why am I responsible for it? And that was what's called Mekan Moidah Rabba Loiraisa. There's always a way for us to let known that the Torah is really not ours. But there's always a way out. You think I accepted the Torah? I didn't accept the Torah. It's not me. Except when it came to Purim, the Gemara says, the Jews were so overcome with the love for Hashem and the love of the miracle that Hashem brought about that they re-accepted the Torah out of love and they nullified their way out. The caveat that had been there, they took away. There no longer was the, the out clause. There was no longer a way of saying that's not us. And now, they would be obligated. So what they accepted was they accepted the Torah, but not out of duress, but now they accepted out of love. That's what happened at on Purim. So Yom Kippur is all about regret. In other words, Yom Kippur is a way of saying, what I'm really saying on, on Yom Kippur is, you know when I hurt somebody else? You know when I spoke Lashon Hara, you know when I violated my spiritual commitments, my mitzvahs, whatever it was that I said I would do that I didn't do or that I wasn't supposed to do that I did, that's not me. Like the Rambam says, I'm not that person. Tshuva is saying I'm not that person. I'm not the person that did that. So therefore don't hold it against me because I'm changing and therefore how do I change by the deep remorse and regret of what I've had in the past and coming in contact and getting present to the impact of my actions causes such a deep sense of remorse. I'm not that person anymore. That is the avodah of Yom Kippur. The service of Yom Kippur is that transformation that comes from uprooting a past. 
Purim is the exact opposite. Purim is all about the future. In other words, Yom Kippur is what we, the out clause we always had with Torah of saying that we are not those people. We, we didn't really accept Torah. We accepted under duress. That out clause, that's what we're developing with regard to all our sins. I'm not the person that did that sin. I'm not that person. I'm not the one who wanted to do it. Had I known the impact of my actions, had I had clarity, I never would have done it. I'm developing an out clause. I'm developing a modar rabba. I'm saying that person is not me. That I was not of sound mind. That's what happens on Yom Kippur. On Purim, it's the exact opposite. On Purim, I'm saying, oh yeah, I am that person. You know that person that accepted the Torah, that seemingly did it out of duress? No, no, no. Under duress, under all the duress, there was a real person. And the real person accepted the Torah. That's who I really am. Yom Kippur on one level is coming to reclaim my identity. My identity that my negative side stole and ran off with. And as a result, got me to all the negative. I'm trying to reclaim myself by showing that that wasn't me. That was my, that was, that was my clone. That was, that was another part of me. That was, uh, that was the sinister part that's not really me. Purim is going much deeper. Purim is saying, no, 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 the whole time it is me. I accepted the Torah. You thought I was under duress. No, this is who I really am. There's a lot more to talk about on Yom Kippur and it's in the connection to Yom Kippur and Purim. But the first step is Purim is embracing myself in my physical being, in the, the totality of the physical world and saying this is me and elevating it. Yom Kippur is an experience of running away from that physical sense and saying that's not me. Yom Kippur Purim goes much deeper. Oh, yeah, it's me. But you know what? It's holy. It's Kadosh. Now, how does it become holy? How do we bring out that holiness? That's something with Hashem's help we'll study in the future in the coming days.